Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Time now for TV on the radio. Great. Then since it's also your party, you get to pick up the supplies. Get to. <laughs> okay, but if I do this, you have to behave, okay? No liquor, only beer. We have that appointment at the bank first thing tomorrow. Hey. I'll take it easy like Sunday morning. It's Monday morning. What? Huh? <laughs> Just don't go crazy, okay? We need the bank guy to believe that we're the kind of people who deserve a new house. You're not actually moving, right? This is like when you said you were going back to school? Oh, when you wanted to go to Paris? <laughs> yeah, we'll just kind of all pretend it's happening until you come to your senses. No. You and your sister are going to have new neighbors to torture. It's happening, Neil. That's uh, Kevin can F himself. Uh, all episodes of season one now streaming on Amazon Video Prime. James Dempsey, uh, Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Is this set in Boston? I'm just wondering about the accents. <laughs> it's set in Worcester, uh, uh, which I, I, is spelt in a, some way that I do not even know how they get that pronunciation. I'd, like it's Worcester, I don't know what it is. But yeah. anyway, Worcester, part of, certainly part of Massachusetts. Anyway, right, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, and so I suppose conceptually it's interesting uh, given that it's it's playing with a trope we're all familiar with, and True. then realise, gosh, yeah, it's actually a show that's very hard to pull, like a you know a thirty second clip for that mm. in any way can convey properly what's going on, because obviously what you hear in that clip is a very very broad and like not particularly funny yeah. <laughs> sitcom, yeah. right? And it, you know with a laugh track, it's a proper multicam sitcom, so uh, you know it's filmed in this hugely bright lit set, and the laugh track comes along, and you have all the stock characters including Kevin, who's played by Eric Peterson, and his wife, uh, Alison, who's played by Annie Murphy of Schitt's Creek fame. Mm. And the whole point of the show, it was created by this woman named Valerie Armstrong. She was listening to a podcast, and one, in this episode of a podcast, they were talking about how sitcom wives are always, you know, the straight man, right? They're yeah. married to these, like, schlubs. They uh, live terrible lives. They just do whatever their dumb husband wants them to do. Yes. And she kind of thought, what happens to that wife once she leaves the scene? And in that clip, if people are interested, if they can find it on YouTube, you know, Alison basically leaves the house and the whole tone of the show immediately changes, even to the way it's lit. It's much darker, grimmer, sadder. And she basically turns around and gives two middle fingers to the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she heads off on her way. And it's all about... It's two shows in one, right? You've got this one very uh, broad American sitcom that isn't really meant to be very funny, but it is that kind of like fairly stock, mm. you know, that you'd be seeing on some digital channel at like midday and and, yeah. and keep scrolling past. And then you've got this very darkly comic, kind, somewhat like um, Breaking Bad-esque type of drama Comedy drama, but definitely black comedy Mm. (laughs) at that, in which Alison is beginning to sort of find her own independence. And I will say when I, you know, I I was certainly very intrigued because I I, I really liked Annie Murphy in in Mm. Chiss Creek and this is her follow up. So when I sat down to watch the first episode, I found it a little bit strange and very grim. And I was sort of going... Okay, I really hope it like lightens up just a little bit or because, you know, they make great efforts in the first episodes to show you just how kind of miserable (laughs) her life is. And it's not often fun to watch people being, you know, sad and depressed. And I would say stick with it if you didn't like the first episode, because I'm about halfway through at this point. And I will say it just 
is a very interesting show. It's very entertaining. Her performance is really, really, really good in it. Eventually, she begins to make friends. Or, or, or what's kind of interesting is all of the other characters that aren't Kevin sort of begin to appear in Alison's story. And they're equally as miserable and sort of kind of, you know, it, it's sort of like Kevin is this black hole from which no joy can escape <laughs> in all of their lives. And it just becomes this very, very intriguing, interesting, well-plotted and like good show. So mm. at the halfway point, I'm, I'm very intrigued. It sounds almost like you're describing two shows in one. Is, is it structured that way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, anytime Kevin is on screen, it is this sitcom. Mm. Right. And that means like and, and sometimes it's the B plot of an episode. Like there's an episode where Alison is, is off running an errand that I can't go into. And Kevin decides to, <laughs> to create a, a an escape room in their basement. And I mean, it's a whole like, it, you know, it, it goes spectacularly Very badly. Well. Right. Yeah, course, As you would yeah. expect it to. But <laughs> uh, like there's phone calls between him and Alison uh, where, you know, she's in the miserable black comedy and he's in the perfectly lit, you know, sitcom mm. and they're taking place simultaneously. But it's just, it, it, the whole point is just about how Kevin is this terrible force in her life. And he's he's so selfish that he's the star of his own show and he doesn't even know what else is going on about him. So that's how they sort of married the two shows. And just the way they made the, the way they made it work is simply by lighting. I mean, that's really, it's the yeah. same set, it's the same setup, but it's just, it's just a different style of camera and a different style of lighting because it's this, you know, bright, glossy show. Even though it is, again, it's like in this tradition of, of the working class American sitcom, mm. like King of Queens, like Roseanne, like that kind of thing where, where the, you know, these are poor people who are struggling to make ends meet. But uh, in, in Kevin's sort of sitcom world, everything works out perfectly. <laughs> but only because in Alison's grim reality, she has to suffer in order to make it to work. Do it. And in Alison's storyline, do they still have the, the laugh track? And no, everything? no. So that's yeah. completely gone. Right. So that's why I think it, just the first episode, even as a proof of concept, it just takes a while to get into the rhythm of the show mm. because it's just such a stark a conference. Very much so. Like yeah. even I thought they had actually were overdoing it with the laugh track in the, in the opening episode. But that might have been just part of the style. But I will say a couple, like probably a year ago at this point, I recommended a show on, on Amazon Prime called Lodge 49. Mm. It was like a my probably my pick of last year or like it was only my discovery but anyway and um, I was delighted to see it's actually one of the writers of that who created this show so if, if ah, anyone right. did take that recommendation and liked it <laughs> go with this one too okay alright it's it, it's at the very least interesting how many episodes eight uh, how many episodes should you stick if, if the first one you go this is a bit weird for me how many you, sh- you know will you oh, start I would to say see? I would say if you don't like it by the second if you're not beginning to like it by the second one then maybe give up then right okay but, but really it began to hook me straight away in the second one okay and they're all available right now all Amazon. available okay yeah. right okay well go and move on to our uh, second show of the day it is Gossip Girl is on tonight at 9.30pm on RTE2 here's your clip Hello followers, Gossip Girl here, your one and only source for the truth behind the scandalous lies of New York's elite. Been a minute, did you miss me? I know I've missed you. Though you're probably going to wish I'd stayed away when I'm done, because I can see you. Not the you you've oh so carefully curated, the real you, the one hiding just outside the edge of frame. Well, it's time to reframe that picture. You've gotten away with everything a little too long. And as you will soon come to know, no good secret goes unpublished. Watch this space. 
or don't. You'll hear about it soon enough either way. Till then, XOXO. There you go. Uh, that's Gossip Girl. Now, we should point out that's a reboot uh, of the series that came to an end six months ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, the reboots and the originals are getting closer and closer that's together true, now. That's true, actually. Uh, so, but, but Gossip Girl was like 2007. 2007. It wasn't, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. And it ran for six seasons. So, uh, you know, it, it wasn't really that long ago. And but and yet, what's interesting about even just the, the you know the difference between I guess those fourteen years of the beginning of Gossip Girl is um, how they have had to completely and utterly change the show's understanding of wealth and privilege, right? Because Gossip Girl was about these, uh, well, these I actually didn't watch it. it. Was you know it came a little bit too late for sort of my teen soap mm. era, but it was about these two warring girls, Blair and Serena, who went to this incredibly affluent Upper East Side school and at one point I think Blair or Serena becomes the princess of Monaco <laughs> and it's just nonsense right <laughs> but people liked it and it was kind of bitchy silly froth and this time around uh, they've taken you know they, 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 they've they gone out of their way to cast like to, to not have the same sort of tropes that they had before which is just basically rich white people in Upper mm. East Side New York and that's why the the teen cast are these like well are, are very diverse and you know, uh, bisexual, pansexual, uh, gender, different gender identities, everything, right? And certainly that is noble to be trying to do that, uh, to show <laughs> to show just how obnoxious <laughs> and sexual rich people can be, right? But the sort of where the, where I thought it was interesting and then a missed opportunity is the whole point of Gossip Girl, see, like era one, was that you didn't know who the Gossip Girl was, right? Yeah. Gossip Girl was this narrator writing a blog, commenting on everyone's lives. And in the finale episode, you found out it was one of the male characters in the show. Sorry for a spoiler if you were catching up on mm-hmm. Gossip Girl. And they make the clever move this time around of actually immediately identifying who Gossip Girl 2.0 is. Mm. And it is the teachers of the students in the school because the teachers are so annoyed at being sort of bullied and losing their job at the whims of these you know spoiled brats that they start an Instagram account in which they okay. rat them out. And I actually think that is grounds for excellent, like, sort of tension and drama as these teachers, the main one who's played by Tavi Gevinson, who was this, like, it girl blogger of actually the original Gossip Girl era. But the ironic thing is she's 25 and one of the teenagers is is 27. (laughs) You know, that's TV casting, as it always is. And I thought... Like, that was a really clever kind of hook to change it around, to have the teachers doing the spying. and, and uh, But yet, it doesn't feel justified because the teachers, like, if, if we don't even really see them get bullied, we don't see anyone lose their job. The sort of reason for their wanting to get vengeance is mm. not really well defined. And then they're kind of the back burner while the teens go off and do all this, the kind of things that I think they ever did in Gossip Girl, which is at the age of 14, <laughs> go and drink martinis in these incredibly swanky clubs wearing, like, you know, haute couture, like every 14-year-old. Of course. Right? Yeah. And, okay, you're not, you're not coming to a show like this for realism, but at the moment there is, uh, like, I almost think Pen15, which is, like, you know, the, the mm. 90s mock, like, mock, mock, well, mock sitcom about two teenage girls is the only show that almost conveys normal teenage life now. Because, mm. like, if you look at Euphoria, it is just a <laughs> cocaine fever dream of yeah. some 40-year-old man. And this is just kind of absolute silliness. Now, it was it has been absolutely panned in, in, in the critical press. 
I, I'm not going to pan it as much. I have to admit, I thought like the opening episode was silly, and I, you know, the drama was h- hyped up, and and but every now and again there was a good zinger of a line. But I did think at 58 minutes per episode, it is wow. way, way, way too That's long. A big investment. And certainly overstayed its welcome. So I won't be returning, <laughs> but I certainly wasn't as bored as many other people seem to have been. Uh, but I imagine a lot of people that watch the original series will have a peek and maybe be bitterly Agreed, but that's also why I thought it was good to move it on to the teachers because the original audience is like 14 years older. So they're actually of the teacher's vintage yeah, rather than the teenage yeah. vintage, but whatever. Yeah, and so the cast in it, are they just all teenagers you wouldn't, you wouldn't know of? Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I have to admit, I didn't recognize any of them. Maybe they are famous Instagrammers in their own right, which which would make sense with the type of show they're in. Yeah. But no, I didn't recognize any of them. Right, OK. Well, they're famous for a week and a half then. <laughs> uh, right, OK. We'll move on to our third show of the day. It is Five Bedrooms, all of season one now streaming on the RTE player. Here's a clip. I put it to you that every couple in this room is happy on some level because they own houses. You don't know they own houses. Oh, yeah. These people are homeowners. I mean... Look at the way they dance. <laughs> You're confusing happiness with real estate. With all due respect, Hev, you bought your house in the 90s, so you wouldn't... Exactly, be... and look at me, morbidly depressed. Morbidly depressed in the privacy and the comfort of your own home. I've been in your granny flat for eight years. I still live with my mother. For me, it's the exhaustion of the hunt. It's like having another full-time job. Look, I'm sorry, but I call bullshit. The five of you could chip in, buy a house together, and you'd have more buying power than a married couple times two. Uh, well, that will resonate with a lot of people, actually. Uh, uh, so uh, I think we've just heard the, the inciting incident for the series, have we? Pretty much. And that yeah. takes place right at the beginning. So it's mm. about these five uh, five single people in Melbourne who uh, can't get on the property ladder and they're at a wedding and at a singles table and sort of come together <laughs> drunkenly and decide, well, why don't we just give it a go? And they buy this house and it's never quite explained, you know, is there a box room in these five, in this five bedroom house? They all seem to be fairly massive, but I don't know the comings and goings of the Melbourne real estate market. Anyway, they buy this house and to be honest, like, you know, there's no new ground covered in this show at all, right? The plot sounds like something from like an episode of Cold Feet circa <laughs> 1998. And I would bill it as that sort of like comedy like it, it is fairly tame with a good very good line every now and again and some very good twists that I didn't see coming but I've watched three of the episodes and thoroughly enjoyed them and it is it, how it came even into my awareness is this has been hugely successful uh, worldwide it was it was snapped up by Peacock which is NBC's free streaming mm. uh, streamer which is actually coming to us if you have a Sky account or, or a Now TV we're going to get free Peacock oh, soon okay. enough but um it streams across there. It streams all over the world, and it, 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 there's already a third series in production. So, it is definitely a fun, simple comedy that that covers all of the basic tropes. Right? You have like these five people who move into a house. There's uh, two men, three women. There's a bit of sexual tension between some of them. Uh, one of them is gay and not out to his family. One of them is a divorce lawyer who's trying to hide her divorce from her uh, employer t- in order to be able to sort of climb the corporate ladder. And none of this is is covering any kind of new ground. But what works so well is the chemistry between the five housemates is is excellent. Mm. And some of the line deliveries are really, really, really funny. Like this is very just fun, easy, easy watching, comfort viewing. If you want something that is not going to like, 
you know, like if you're going to watch Kevin Kenneff himself, yeah. occasionally it's a bit miserable, right? Mm. Frequently it's a bit yes. miserable. You're not going to get any of that kind of misery here. Ultimately, I think all of their problems are going to be solved probably by the end of the episode. And sometimes there's an easy comfort in that. Plus, uh, it like it's just a bit of silliness. The house is falling apart even when they move in and they're in a money pit and uh, and yet they it just it, it kept surprising me with good twists and was well worth seeking out okay so it sounds like an Australian this life with the occasional yeah, laugh absolutely it. well sure there's nothing wrong with that no. we, all telly doesn't have to be high concept <laughs> to be enjoyable yeah there's a lesson there really I think James Dempsey thanks a million Thank we're going to take a break back in a couple of minutes Moncrief on News Talk brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again